podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday the 2nd of November 2021 and my name's Davey McGimsey. On this week's show we look back at two wins, nine goals, only one conceded as the Giants bounce back from late in cup form from the previous weekend. We are going to look back at a thumping win in Nottingham. We are going to look out at how we've seen off the Challenge Cup group. Player of the month, we're getting down to training where Simon talked to a few of the players. And Jeff Mason is going to answer your TFA questions. But without further ado, the time, it's five past Panthers. Time to get going. <laughs> there it is. There it so is. let's start straight away with the uh, anniversary, never forgive, never forget anniversary game from last weekend, which uh, fantastically um, Paul Eady and Aaron Murphy. The first thing I really should do is introduce my, my, my very good friend, Simon Kitchen. Good evening, Simon. Hello, David. going to... This is going to be a disaster, you know. Remember the last time Paddy <laughs> took a night off and Hitchy did it years ago, and he was never allowed back. Joel, straight from Inver Park. Yeah, um, we obviously don't talk football on this show. Had the score been what it was five minutes ago, I'd be talking football on this show. But I, just, I think you were just too excited to get straight into it, Davey. It's never forgive, never forget season. Uh, the Giants did the business for you. Uh, there's there's a lot to cover, so don't blame me, mate. We asked Kieran Long last week to do us a solid, and my goodness, did the boys come up from? So let's get let's get straight to lower Parliament Street, and um, let's talk about the game. Game obviously an absolute blowout for the Belfast Giants. Five nil started twenty nine seconds into the game. Paddy's going to roll VT twenty nine seconds in the game with a goal from JJ Pickenich, little funny bounce off the boards, and that was followed up with goals from Scott Conway, Slater, Dog up Mark Cooper, and JJ Pickenich rounding it out for a five nil thumping. Away win in Nottingham. Says, initial thoughts on the game. David, it was our best game of the season. Um, I thought from top to bottom, uh, we were outstanding. I thought every, I mean, all three sections of the ice, we just covered it very, very well. Support from from both the forwards and the wingers coming down to help out their D-man. Besco, another shutout from him. They're just, I don't think you could have made the performance any better, to be honest. Well, you probably could have by scoring another five goals past the Panthers, but you know, it was just a solid, solid performance. Getting that lucky bounce after 15 seconds was was massive. You know, it sort of deflated that big blur in the corner um, quicker than what it normally does. Um, and, and you know, it, it, you could just see the shoulders of all the you could just we're much just, just watching here on YouTube now and. You just see the, the demeanor and the, the shoulders of the Panthers players straight away going down and behind the black ball. I thought we were solid the whole way through. I thought that, you know, as I say, we, we started it from, from the back end going forward as a unit the whole night. And, you know, we, we made some nice plays. We scored some nice goals, a couple from uh, a couple of passes, a couple of apples from Tyler Soy were, were left to drill over as well. So, look, again, there, there's. There's, there's, there's not a, a bad way of beating the Panthers, um, but you know, we'll, it'll be a very tough ass to go in there next time because they will be right up for that game. Uh, I, I don't even know when it is. I haven't looked the forward with Darry, um, but uh, again, solid the whole way through the lineup, and uh, special mention for Mason and uh, Stewie on the on the bench for the game itself. 
Yeah, obviously Adam Keith missing the weekend through um, COVID-19 protocols, but hopefully see him back in the rink um, not too distant future. Um, Joel, fast from the Belfast Giants, slick pass on their own defensive zone right through the ice. 100%, Damien. And before I get on to that, you know, we, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, the need for the Giants to respond uh, following sort of a less than impressive weekend last week. You know, it, it, the the word after that 3-0 defeat in Manchester for the next night, the cup game in Dundee in Bel- uh, against Dundee in Belfast from Adam Keefe was respond. Didn't maybe get that on the night, but listen, timing is everything in sports. And if you give me a choice between the Giants responding to a Dundee cup group game with our place more or less tied up, or the first road game to the Nottingham Panthers on the uh, NFNF week. Uh, this is absolutely just fantastic. As, as Simon says, uh, performance of the season so far. And I think the Giants' speed out of the traps really caught Nottingham off guard. For me, this game was defined by doing things that we maybe weren't doing so much the weekend before. I think pretty much every one of those goals came from net front presence. You know, the, the boys were going to the net. They knew where each other was going to be. I mean, that says mentioned uh, Tyler Soy. I think Tyler Soy announced his arrival during this game. Uh, his second one specifically, him and Mark Cooper knew where the, each other were going to be for that goal. You know, he he laid that back from behind the net. Coops was just on the edge of that post getting ready to snipe it. Um, just uh, top to bottom, an absolutely fantastic performance. And could you have picked a better weekend for it? Delighted. There's a couple of things that I know is Patty maybe doesn't join in the conversation as much, but I'll forgive myself for doing this. I love face-offs. I love the whole drama around a face-off. I love the tactics involved in a face-off. And if you if you're watching on YouTube or you get to watch the game back, whatever, our very first goal, it's underrated how much of a play Cam Knight makes. The muscle, the forward out of the way, they allow Reinhardt to go round the wall and up the I think it's Goody going up the left wing. Just that getting the winger buy-in if you just can't quite win the face-off clean. Um, the boys bought in and the speed from you know going through. And and although we scored five goals defensively, shut out for Tyler Beskarani, mm-hmm. he says. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, just when you watch the play, you, you talk about Joel was talking about that Coop's goal. You know, just watch what he does. You know, he, he just creates the space for himself. He does know that Soy's coming around behind the net and it's going back to where it came from. Kevin Carr just didn't have a chance. He was already at his left post looking for him to come around, and he's still st- probably still standing there waiting for him. And, uh, you know, the little drop pass, Coops just puts his big back end out, pushes a couple of Panthers out of the way. Solid, solid goal. But we, we talk about how good we were. The Panthers were poor. I mean, mm. in my opinion, I don't think – I mean, I, I know their coach has said, and for a play to Tim Wallace, he came out and – and he said, you know, they just didn't get going. They just, you know, they didn't have any oomph. They didn't have anything for the game itself. Um, you know, a real honest uh, interview from him after the game. And we, we just dominated, absolutely dominated him. Um, I don't know what the shots on goal, Davey. You know, it's I didn't catch I didn't catch it there when you came out. But, I mean, just watching that fifth goal, I can't remember who it was. I think it was maybe Welsh had followed picking it up the wall. Pick, pick, come back down again, cut through the circle. Wells just gave it up. He just gave it up. If Wells keeps on going on the tra- trajectory that he's actually skating alongside picking it with, he doesn't get a chance to cut into the, into the middle of the net. And, you know, for me, the coach would be absolutely raging with that. And and you, we, we talked about it the week before last when we get when we get beat 3-0 by Manchester. And the previous week that Manchester were humped 8-0 by five. Teams don't like being embarrassed. That was an embarrassment for the Nottingham Panthers. They went out the next night and beat Cardiff in Cardiff 3-0. Cardiff went out the next night and beat, they were 4-0 up against Coventry, which we'll talk about briefly later on. Those things really do hurt a team as a unit. 
Um, and again, from us, from our side of things, you know, coming off the the disappointing result uh, the previous week against Manchester, um, and okay, we, we we had the game against Dundee in between, but you know, solid solid performance. That I, I, honestly, I was sitting watching it in Premier Sports in the house. I, I don't think it could have went any better. It was brilliant. So as, as Simon asked the question, there are 42 shots for the Belfast Giants, 37 saves from Kevin Carr. He actually at times in the game stopped it being a lot more than five goals. Tyler Beskarani, 26 shots shot out. But as Paddy's left on the agenda here, I'll throw this to you just to finish. And Simon's kind of answered it as well there, Joel. How, how much was it Giants being excellent, Panthers being bad, or did we just impose ourselves so early and quick in the game that we just never give them an op- option to get in? momentum is everything you know we, you talked about the giant speed out of the traps that panthers team were not ready for the speed and for the i mean that that first period it was maybe 10 minutes into that game before the panthers managed to hold up uh an odd man rush from belfast we were pouring forward and i think the the ice just began to tilt honestly i think you're right you know Carr, especially in the first period he stood on his head there, there was one moment towards the end of that first period he got a leg down to uh, an absolutely certain mark cooper goal a stunning save um but Listen, you play what's in front of you. Belfast went into a very difficult building. We have had tough, tough nights over there throughout the years against good Panthers teams, against poor Panthers teams. It's a, it's not an easy place to go, um, especially on a Friday night game, uh, big arena game. And, and I just you play what's in front of you. The Giants executed. They were clinical. They were speedy. Um, the only thing, if I'm allowed to say it, the only one thing I would have liked is a power play goal. We obviously had nearly a full two minutes at five on three um, in the third. And obviously the, the, the power play is, is just kind of maybe maybe a little slower to kick into life than, than other facets of, of the game. You know, the, the penalty kills looking healthy, whatever else. But you really, I mean, that's that's me being picky. You, you cannot fault a 5-0 win on the road. Then we moved back back home for the, the following night and it was a 4-1 win against the Five Flyers in the last... Um, home game in the last series of the, the group stage of the Challenge Cup. Scott Conway, Lewis Hook, Jordan Boucher and Mark Cooper with the goals. Jackson Whistle conceding one with 16 saves. The refs, Chris Wells and Andy Dalton. Well, uh, close out game, Simon, in the Challenge Cup, but the Giants look strong against fairly lackluster five. Uh, yeah, the first 40 minutes anyway, I thought we looked very, very good. Um, Fife didn't really give us any problems. Uh, third period, I think the coaching staff will be a wee bit disappointed with conceding the goal. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's sort of bobble, it's a bobble and pocket centre ice. It, I think it was longer tried to kick it away, um, and it, it unfortunately just went sort of through his legs. Your man, fair, fair play to Amos, and he put the Jets on and and uh, pushed through for the the um, the first and only goal for the for the Fife Flyers. But again, you know, we scored some nice goals against Fife and. You know, you, you've played them four times this season. We've beat them four times. It's been a difficult start to the Flyers this season. And, you know, but the three games previous, um, I think it was four, was it 14 goals they had scored in the three games previous? So, you know, they were firing. Um, they obviously got a big win over uh, the Manchester Storm then to beat Dundee. Um, and again, coming into Belfast after, you know, you, we, we talked about it before, the 5 0 win over the five Flyers. You just wanted to try and bring that momentum in. To the game in Belfast, and I actually thought we did that. Um, solid performance again. Uh, you know, Jackson could put off a couple of number of saves, and and Shane Owen played out, did you know, at the other end as well. But at the end of the day, that's what goalies are paid for. You know, they say about putting off massive saves, that's exactly what they get their wages for. So it's it, it, it's a weekend that you know, the week before we were well, there was a few of us a wee bit down the dumps, some people were a wee bit more annoyed than others, Patrick. 
Um, and, uh, you know, when we come out, I'm sure, you know, Paddy would have been absolutely delighted with the performance on Friday night. Um, and I know he watched the game on Saturday night on the webcast as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a solid win. Um, we've got seven wins out of eight in the Challenge Cup group. It's been, it's been spot on. Joel, as the goals spin through here on YouTube, do you want to talk us through a few of the goals there for the for the people at home? Yeah, absolutely. First goal uh, was uh, Scott Conway worked his way in close. Um, pretty pretty much an easy finish, to be honest. Past you know, um, I have to say. I feel for, I understand what says is saying. I agree with him. I feel for Shane Owen, though, he's still a quality goalie making good saves and I think limiting a lot of damage at times uh, with, with that five side. And t- to be honest, personally speaking, if we didn't have the opportunity to bring back a championship winner in Tyler Beskarwani, I'd have been quite happy to see Owe back in Belfast. He's, he's a top lad and, and he's, he's a good goalie. But um, it was then 2 0 at 16 uh, 27. Um, and again, to me, this is Lewis Hook on the score sheet again. Love to see that. Lewis Hook's. Uh, Goal season has begun in earnest. Uh, doubled up just again for me with uh, with solid net front presence. The Giants were going to the net and good things were happening. Um, there was just so much traffic in front of Owen. And, and to be honest, we've seen it throughout the season so far. That Fife def- uh, defense just doesn't really offer a great deal. Um, the second period at 32-52, we got a goal on the power play, I believe. Um, Jordan Boucher talked to him at close range and Scott Conway Pickenich, uh with the helpers on that. And then just a couple of minutes later, Mark Cooper added a fourth um, from a, a Griffin Reinhardt pass out of the zone for 4-0. Um, and then to be fair, as we say, um, James Anderson pulled one back at 49-11. I think there was a, a bit of a neutral zone turnover and he kind of ran riot, but it was a solo breakaway uh, to pull one back for Fife. Um, but then they promptly took a, a hook and call, I think at uh, 51-30. Um, which really killed the momentum. But look, our our hard work was done on Friday. It, it was a great night in the arena. There was a great crowd in. It was obviously the Giants' special Halloween night, which is is great. You know, that a lot of people, I think, came and had a great night and had an entertaining game in front of them. But we were just playing comfortable hockey with the pressure off, and, and you could see it. We, we just, I think we once again routed a team who are just still not at the races. Says it was a, a second opportunity for um, the coaching staff to get young KLPD into the lineup. And about five minutes of ice time, he didn't, didn't do his uh, prospects any harm at all. Oh, again, I, I I was hoping he would have got a wee bit more, to be honest, but the game of the web was, and yeah, okay, I know we wanted to win it, absolutely get that, Um, but he, you know, the kid hasn't let himself down in the ice time that he's got so far, and he's 17 years of age, Um, you know, he, there's a long, long way to go in his hockey career, he, he's got the right attitude, he needs to keep working hard, Um, you know, there, there's, there's potentially other kids, maybe about the same age, maybe a little bit younger, who, who are, are dreaming of the same thing. Um, and, and, you know, becoming Belfast Jans or, or professional hockey players. Um, he, he's getting good coaching in Solway. Um, obviously, he trains with Jan Solway and then he travels over to Solway on a Friday. Um, you know, Spud Grubb and, and Jamie Thompson are doing a really good job there. And Spud Grubb coaches the under-20 GB team as well. And he was close to getting in that lineup um, as a 17-year-old. So he, he's going the right way. Um, and, and Max Stewart, you know, again, another great prospect and, and again, when he played a few weeks ago against um, against the Five Flyers as well, um, you know, again, he he didn't look out of place. He looked, you know, he looked at it that he was he was he was comfortable there. He was doing exactly what the co- the coaches and the his teammates are telling him as well. But listen, this is this is a big thing. You know, they have a lot of hard work in front of them, and I know the Belfast Giants fans like to see one of their own play. It's it's. It's one of the best feelings that you can have watching being from Belfast and watching kids from Belfast coming through. But 
this is a professional league. It's not that it was said before. It's not a development league. They need to keep on working hard, whether it be in Solway, whether it be in, in, um, in Leeds for Mac, whether it be with the way the GB teams, they need to be working hard and twice as hard as anybody else to get noticed to play at that level. So um, I wish them all the best. Again, Kel did very well in the minutes that he got on Friday night. And um, again, hopefully that's not the last time. And uh, Joel, obviously eight games for the Belfast Giants to finish top of their group and whatever it was, it's 60 games played league-wide to eliminate one team. But uh, the uh, Challenge Cup sort of way it's run aside, it's been an okay, you know, if, I, if we talked about this during the week on our own little WhatsApp group. It's been a kind of glorified preseason for everybody, not just the first couple of weekends before you got, and there's maybe an argument to say, just to front load the season with the Challenge Cup and forget about the league until the group stages are completed because you can see the disparity already. I think whenever they put the tables up at the start of the Premier Sports game, Sheffield Steelers like 10 points, eight games or something, Belfast mm-hmm. Giants two games after you know four weeks of the season, week five of the season. But you know a good positive finish for the group stages. Yeah, look, you have to be realistic. You know, we we don't unfortunately get the luxury of like a, a month long preseason camp here with with the number of developmental games or whatever else. You know, the the boys and especially this year with with obviously the way things shook out post lockdowns. You know, the boys were coming in a couple of weeks to sort of get to know each other, get to know the systems, get a feel for your line mates. Um, so I'm not a big fan of the Challenge Cup format. I've said it before. Like, it's it's too many games. I think the format needs a bit of a shake up. Too many games for the fact that this year without Glasgow's uh, involvement, only one team dropped. Out and it literally, I think, came down to like what a single point, two points between Manchester and Fife. So uh, it is, though, it has been this season specifically a, a good way to get the legs under the boys to to start kind of playing proper opposition. Because as much as you'll go hard and practice, nothing really compares to playing, you know, an opposition team who are playing full tilt against you, full physicality. So it definitely served its purpose, and for me, it's it's job done. Um, and if you don't mind, Davy, you know, I don't think we can mention Kelbidi and the debut of local lads without giving a shout out to James Nelson. I don't know if you were going to maybe come to this after, but uh, James Nelson, the young lino, uh, who got his first game in the EIHL. Uh, kid's been around the arena as long as I can remember since since he was a wee boy himself. Worked really, really hard at, at uh, learning the trade and, and getting in with the refs. And uh, really, really lovely to see him get his, his first experience of, of Elite League action. And uh, a long may I continue. Listen, you say it. I think you say it. Uh, quite often, David, the game doesn't happen without the without the stripies. So, um, fair play to him. There's not many people who put on those stripes and and put themselves in the lion's den like that. But I felt really proud of of young James. He's a he's a great kid and he, he deserved it. Simon, I'm sure you know this kid from the ice pool. Referee, man, I, I don't really pay much attention. Just kidding. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> be nice, be no, nice. Like, Mike no, next no. might listen to this. Might not. Might not. No, look, he has. He's been around a long time, and you know he's been doing the the uh, penalty boxes at the arena and stuff as well, building that up. And he does the kids' games when they play as well. So it's great. Look, we we have we bring Vitas up from Dundalk for games. Um, he came up at the last minute. That what happened was the two linesmen missed their flight. Um, so Vitas was rang and asked to come up and, and he, Vitas is just not long back from a really bad knee injury. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great to see. And then he took one, he took a, a slap shot as well. You know, I'm not sure where it caught him, but let's just say it was uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, I was talking to him after the match and he was okay. So great to see James get his opportunity. Hopefully it's not going to be the last time. You know, it's, it's always good to have local, um, officiating because if they can maybe just show a little bit of, of um, 
uh, a positive trait towards the home team, then that's great. I'm not looking for it, but you know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, sometimes they're maybe a little bit harsh on maybe decisions that you think that would have went your way. So it's um, the, the officials are very, very important for our game. So um, great to see him get his chance, and, and he certainly didn't let himself down. I thought he had a good game. I don't think Andy Dalton ever got that memo. Can we pass that on to him? <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. Give us a touch, Dalton. He listens to the show, but he doesn't listen to He actually came over. He actually came over to me. Was it before the game? It was before the game um, at the weekend, Sunday. Because there was, I can't even remember. He came over and said, he says, remember you pointed, you, you gave me a bit of a, a rollick and off the match the last time I was here two weeks ago. And I says, well, sort of standard to give you, you know, I'm not... <laughs> Not afraid to say to you that you had made a mistake. He says, You were right that time. And I said, What do you mean that time? You were right that time. I mean, thanks very much, Andy. So I appreciate it. But, you know, I don't normally say to unless I am right. Like, there you go. <laughs> Ten man has a heart after all. Like, <laughs> well, highlights, highlights of that game are available from Belfast Jazz TV. And thanks to Premier Sports and Jazz TV for the goal footage from both the games from the weekend. And now it's time. For Simon's weekly run down the train on the talk of the boys. JJ, um, weekend, another four points. Um, coming off the back of the previous weekend, the Manchester away form, uh, disappointed with the performance and the result. You must have been very pleased um, with the result and the performance after Fred Nance game in Nottingham. Yeah, definitely. Um, we were coming off a weekend that we weren't too happy about, like you said, and we had a really good week of practice leading up to Nottingham. And um, I really thought the guys uh, played really well. Saturday night again in Belfast. Next week, tomorrow, whatever you write about a little bit. Two goals for yourself. Um, talk us through that first one. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first one's definitely a bit of a gift, but we always talk about going to the net and uh, getting pucks deep. And uh, usually you don't get rewarded as good as that, but, you know, we'll we'll take it. We'll take that kind of start to the game. So all around good stuff. Quickest goal for the chance this season. And I'll have to ask me, David and Jim, for the quickest goal for the chance the, from the start of a game for quite some time. Um, Fife on Saturday night, you've already played them a few times this season. We've been successful about them um, and, and against them so far. Uh, another game that you just wanted to carry Friday night's form into. Yeah, definitely. And I thought we did a good job of that. Um, you know, Fife has, we've had their number a bit, but they've um, put together a couple wins before us, uh, I know, that weekend. So, um, Something we didn't want to uh, take for granted, and uh, I thought we did a good job playing our game and not playing um, to anybody else's level. And you know, we're we're not going to worry about what they're doing; they're going to have to worry about what we're doing. So uh, we dictated the game well. A couple of days off, um, bit of a fancy test party for the boys. Uh, all looked fabulous, by the way. Um, and then heading into this week, um, you've got Sheffield and Glasgow, two teams that you haven't faced so far this season. Uh, you looking forward to the challenge? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Sheffield has. Uh, um, kind of made their way to the top it seems like in terms of uh games games we want to be uh circling on the calendar so um uh, we're definitely excited for the challenge and um it should be a good uh good weekend with glasgow coming here as well come on jj thank you royal train yeah played there before yeah yeah a couple of years back yeah. good course yeah it's it was awesome yeah looking forward to getting a few more rounds in belfast yeah yeah. We'll have to get them sorted for you. Um, well, last weekend, uh, first trip to Nottingham for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, best team performance this season? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we didn't give up too much defensively, which is kind of our goal going into every game is to kind of limit good scoring chances for their team and not turn over pucks at blue lines and in, in areas where they can go back on the attack. So I feel like we did that really well and 
we just let our speed and our and our creativity take over in the offensive zone to get us chances. We didn't we didn't try and cheat for any offense, and I think that's the key to uh, to how we play. You play with Coots and uh, uh, um on the well, basically the weekend itself. Soizy come up with a couple of nice dishes. Yeah, he's uh he's got he's got some serious vision, so uh, it's nice it's nice just trying to get open because you know you know he'll find you. So. Uh, that's all me and Coops are trying to do. Just we're gonna we're gonna try and get the puck down low and find him, and then get open. He'll find us. Back in Belfast on Saturday night against the Five Flyers, uh, you, you carried the form from Friday night into Saturday for the first two periods. Third period, did you take a feet off the gas a little bit? You know what? I, I in the room we we all talked about ending, ending the weekend well, and and we definitely wanted to win that period. I thought I thought we came out hard, and and we still played pretty well. We just we couldn't find the back of the net, and kind of. One mistake, not. I think we turned it over at the offensive line. They came down and scored. So it was just kind of a maybe, maybe a mental error. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I think I'm not having a go at you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I personally didn't think we played too bad in the third. Yeah. Just kind of, we really wanted to win that period, and it didn't happen. So, uh, so we'll keep that in mind for this weekend to to never let our foot off the gas. Four point weekend though, um, finishing top of the group in the Challenge Cup, uh, and now it's literally concentration on the league action. First trip to Sheffield this weekend for you. Um, another tough opponent coming up. What have the boys told you? What sort of uh, atmosphere? What sort of game do you expect? Uh, they just everyone's saying they're a really aggressive team that'll that'll make you pay if you make mistakes. So we just got to execute the whole weekend and and kind of if they're aggressive, we got to come at them just as aggressive and, and maybe take the the play to them. Looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Top on. Cheers, Slater. Cheers. Lewis, you, you, you take your mask off for far enough away from each other. Okay. Huggy, uh, the weekend, um, very impressive performance on Friday night against the Northern Panthers. Uh, give us your view on that first game. Yeah, I think obviously coming back from the weekend before that in Manchester, we weren't happy with that. Um, you know, we had a hard week of practice, and then um, I think we took that into the game, had a great start, and then uh, just kept the ball rolling. I think we defensively, we were the best we've played in a long time. Back on Saturday night, you carried that momentum into the uh, Saturday game against Fife. Um, I know quick goal, obviously got the game winner. Um, but you know, again, an opportunity for for guys to to you know get extra minutes with a few a few fellas in the lineup. Yeah, definitely. I think I was one of those guys that you know got a few extra minutes, which uh, which was nice. And then, like you said, we just kept the ball rolling from Friday night. I think you know, although the challenge cup kind of you know it was kind of already done, we kind of wanted to we want to keep this. This ball rolling and, uh, and keep winning and getting the points. After a couple of days off, which is the first time in a while, you get up too much? <laughs> Not too much, a little FaceTime with you the other night, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could remember. Hi, Dicko. What's he talking about, guys? <laughs> what is he talking about? Here, what here? What about Dicko's birthday? Dicko's birthday, he's 35 today. <laughs> 34, I look better than you. Don't look a day older than 30, mate. No, I really don't. Feel it though. <laughs> right, we'll carry on with this interview, that's okay. What are you doing? Didn't with hooky. Oh, because it's really cool. <laughs> 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 this weekend, uh, two more games this weekend. Uh, away to Sheffield, you face them for the first time this year. Always a tough opponent. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when you're looking down the, down the league, I think they're definitely going to be one of the favourites for the title. So it's, it's important for us to go and first time playing each other, you know, put a good performance in, and uh, especially on the road. And uh, like, just keep this ball rolling, really. And then Saturday, no, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday against Glasgow, back in their first game as well, and uh, yeah, the arena. yeah, exactly. It's their first time we'll see them as well, and I think is it their second game maybe of the season. So um, don't really know too much about them at the moment because we've not really we've not seen them in action, but um, I'm sure it'll be an exciting game back at home. Talk us through the footwear. Mm -hmm. 
What's, straight, what's happening? Straight out of bed. <laughs> Cheers, Ricky. Cheers, mate. And thank you to Simon and to JJ Pickenich, their dog at Lewis Hook, and of course, happy birthday to the legendary Andrew Dixon. What a show stealer, man. <laughs> Dicko's just he's just a class act, like he's funny. He's honestly, and I know you you've obviously we've listened to him a few times on here before, but he's just lightning quick, like I mean proper lightning quick with a wit. But um no, it's always good to have a chat with, with Hookie as well. So and the boys. And it's time to move on to something that we've missed doing for a long, long time now. It's the Phone Cab sponsored AVFT, the, the prestigious, it's the big trophy, the AVFTB Player of the Month Award. And this month's four nominees, by the magic of hopefully Patty in the background. First up, number eight, Belfast Giants official Sports Cup sponsored Lewis Hook. Number 10, Lockdown sponsored Scott Conway. No, third, Jordan Boucher sponsored by Harry Corrier Interiors. And Go last on, but it, not give least, it give it some, give it some. Number 34, Tyler Biscarani, sponsored <laughs> by JK Coaches. Nice. There you go, Seth. So let's let's have a look. Who's who's your who's, who's your book going to, Simon? Or talk me through the uh, the nominees. Oh, very worthy, you know, and, and you know, I think Hookie's had a good start to the season, three goals in in uh, in October. Um I think was it two of them game, game winners, Davey? Definitely one game winner. You got the game winner at the weekend. I think I think he had another one as well. Conway, to be honest, I thought Scotty's been great uh, since he came in. I'm a, I can't argue with, with Jordan Boucher either. You know, I'm, I'm really really liking his game. Besco with three shutouts. Mm-hmm. It's a very very tough ask, um, but I ain't going to go with Scott Conway. Um, you know, I said at the start of the season, I I think this kid's got it. Um, I think he, he's got the potential to score. I actually think he's got the potential to score 30. Um, he knows, he just he just knows where the, the target is. Um, you know, he's got the, the hat trick against Cobney a couple of weeks ago. Um, he just seems to be scoring at least every weekend anyway. So long, long, long may I continue. Um, but my vote this month goes to Scott Conway. Joel, give me that sort of looking down to looking up thing they're doing there on screen. Before we start, well, thankfully I've got a, a beard that hides all those chins, mate, so I can comfortably do that without you seeing it. But I just say, you know, I don't have the jawline of these boys. Uh, that's for everybody watching on YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube, by the way. It's good. Um, and yourself, obviously, the four nominations. Is there anybody else you would have threw in there as a nomination, or are you happy enough? And who's your book going to? I have been uh big on hooky since he came back lewis hook is back i think with with a few more kind of uh tools on the belt i think he's back with a bit more kind of uh, offense to his game this year um i think to be honest the the notable omission there would maybe be david goodwin um who has been for me a model captain and and all over the ice uh since he came back uh I am helping out a little bit with uh, sort of socials and, and game day bits and pieces of media this season and i feel like I barely go 10 minutes without seeing that gif of Scott Conway with the stick in his teeth. So he's just been prolific offensively. Uh, he's he's had an absolutely sensational start to his career as a giant. Jordan Boucher reminds me of Daryl Lloyd, and I'm always going to love him for that. Um, and Besco, it's a bit unfair on Besco because you almost just expect him to shut the door just because of who he is. Um, but he doesn't get my vote because he's cost me 60 quid this month. So <laughs> it's, just, it's just 30. It's only, it's only a 10 or a shut out, is it not? 
I'm I'm in for twenty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I just double, I just double that. You just doubled what you were there. Don't have some space. Talking of which, very quickly on that, that's up over four hundred pounds already. So thanks to everybody who uh, who's donated there. Um, I'm well, looking at the at the notes here to see if better Paddy's going to put his vote up. But like anyone from that Scott Conway, David Goodwin, JJ Pickenitz line could have taken it. It's interesting that in a month where goals at times were at a bit of a premium, that no one on the defensive end of the ice has really been mentioned apart from Pesco. Um, I like Lewis Hook in that there's been games where we've had players out and Lewis has had to step up a line and play power play, play special teams, get double his ice time on any given night. Like from from Friday night to Saturday night, his half time probably his ice time probably half, but he, he puts the same in every shift. He keeps going to the net there. That that goal that we scored, I'm not sure it was probably the last one the picking it scores, has made um longer drops the puck off to Hookie in his own defensive zone, and he goes right up the boards, right behind the net, strong through a couple of four checks, uh, and this is it off to Pickenitz who does who does the rest. So Hookie's been really good, but it's hard to look past goals. Goals win games, and and Scott Conway has been going in, and his goals have been in that dirty area. He goes in there and gets his nose dirty, and and gets the wee tips and flicks in and around goal. He's like that first one against the OE on Sunday night, where his sticks in the right place at the right time. The wee feed goes in and he and he puts a top shelf. So yeah, I'll be with Simon there on this month. I'll be looking uh my vote will be going to Scott Conway. But voting opens at nine AM Wednesday morning and will continue to five PM on Friday and we'll hopefully get that trophy handed out at the first home game possible on Sunday against the Glasgow clan. And a massive thank you to Simon the Phonocab for, for sponsoring that trophy as always and uh look forward to doing this on a monthly basis going forward. Now, now it's time to move on to the bit we all love doing, getting somebody in from the club to talk to in this week. It's the new interim head coach, Jeff Mason. <laughs> hey, oh, coach. Hold on. hold on, sorry. Just all right, man. Welcome back to the show, man. It's good to see you, mate. I, I wore that for you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to have you on, mate. For those, for those not, for those not watching, for those not watching on YouTube. Joel can explain Mace's outfit here because it means nothing to me. Just a couple of boys were really good tasting sports teams, and I hope Paddy's enjoying his night off. <laughs> <laughs> we know Mace is a good Boston boy, good Red Sox boy. Uh, close but no cigar this year, but impeccable tasting sports teams. So let's let's get on with the uh, what we're here to talk about. And Mace, last weekend, due to COVID pro- protocols, obviously Adams missed out on the, on the trip to the Nottingham in the home game and, and yourself and Stu have, have stepped up. Was that an enjoyable experience to kind of be the interim, the main man for the weekend? Yeah, it was because we won. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if the results had gone a bit differently, maybe not so much. Uh, the boys made it quite easy on the, uh, certainly Friday night, getting off to a, a lead 20 seconds into the game and then just rolling from there. So, um yeah, it was certainly they made it they made it a lot easier than it uh, than it potentially could have been. But no, it was fun and and you know certainly just trying to uh, do uh, do my bit to uh, to help the team. It couldn't really get off to a better start for you on Friday night, Miss. You know you've got a goal handed on a plate to JJ Pickenitz after 15 seconds, um, and I was talking to a couple of boys um, at uh, a train this morning, but it, it just it was the be- in my opinion, it was the best performance of the season. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, certainly, like you said, we got off to a good start. It's something that we've tried to preach all year. 
Um, and, and in some, you know, in some games this year, we've gotten off to a really good start, but we haven't been able to get a goal and we've controlled all the play. And then, uh, you know, if the other team's able to get one, it really changes the the whole complexion of the game. So getting out to a good start, obviously we didn't, you know, draw it up to score 20 seconds in or whatever it was, but uh, the, the hope was to get out and get an early lead and, and you know, play from the front because it's much easier to play from the front. So full credit to those guys. They were able to to do that. And, you know, lucky bounce or not, you, you, you know, you make your own luck in this game. And um, it, it was, it got off on the right foot and it just continued from there on. Miss, uh, we, we talked about it uh, just before you come on uh, to join us here. And I spoke to you briefly about it after the game uh, against Fife at the weekend. But uh, for me, one of the standouts of the weekend was, was Tyler Soy. I feel like he's really announced himself uh, onto the team with, with those couple of kind of no lookers to, to set up two goals. Um, you had kind of said not just Tyler, but, but his line mates were really a standout this weekend. Yeah, I thought that line was key for us. Um, and if they can continue in that kind of form and have that kind of chemistry, we'll be in really good shape. Uh, I thought the previous weekend uh, in the Dundee game, they were probably our best line and they carried that on and had an excellent weekend, both in Nottingham and then home versus Fife. So, uh, you know, as we talked about there after the game, you know, Tyler got off to a little bit of a rough start and had the injury and, and, and wasn't, you know, didn't have the chemistry. And, and so it's always tough when you go into a new place. And, and if you don't get off to the best start, sometimes people can't, uh, you know, sometimes people can't climb out of that. Um, we knew he was a skilled player coming in and we were told that he could do those kind of things. Um, so it was nice to be able to see him go out and, and do that. Um, and I thought that line was really a catalyst for us, uh, you know, last weekend. And if they can continue to bring that, um, you know, I really like our chances. Mace, would it be fair to say that's probably one of the first sort of 60 minute performances of the season? Happy that the boys went right to the buzzer. Yeah, you know, I think without without picking specifics, I think there have been other games that we've played pretty solidly um, in, in the opening weekends from start to finish. Um, but yeah, there, there's been a few times this year where we maybe, uh, you know, kind of lack some concentration or uh, and gave things up a bit too easy or, or, or made some ill-advised plays. Um, certainly coming off the weekend prior, which none of us were happy with, and we, we didn't see as an indication of our team. We wanted to get back to working hard and get back to doing the things that we had done early in the season. Um, and I think we, we certainly did that. Um, and, you know, I think the team that we saw this past weekend was, was the team that we feel we have, as opposed to the team the weekend before in Manchester and then, then the shootout went to Dundee. Mace, obviously we've you know we've had our injury problems. A couple of guys have been out of the lineup, and uh, so far this season, you've brought in KLPD and Max Stewart, um, two youngsters, two you know two very very eager kids, two guys who want to you know, want to become professional hockey players. What, what's your thoughts on firstly the, the the way they've been training since uh, the start of September and how they've done in the games that they've played? I think, well, initially when we had talked about bringing them in, uh, none of us, none of us would have pictured that they would have already seen game action um, this early in the season. But the idea was to get them in and one, it helps us as, as bodies in training, uh, but primarily for their development um, to be able to be out there with the guys every day and practicing, um, you know, only will, will, will help in their, in their long-term development, which hopefully, ends up being, you know, that, that they play uh, significant, you know, roles on this team uh, further down the line. 
as they as we got into camp and other things, we were quite impressed with how how they handled themselves and how they adapted. Um, certainly, an adjustment for anyone uh, of that age, but uh, we, we thought they they handled themselves really well. And then, like you said, I mean, we we had crazy amounts of injuries. And everything seemed to happen at once, um, and, and they got in and. You know the game in Fife. I thought they played well and and in in limited minutes and really you know gave us what we needed, which is we needed some players to step in and 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 fill some minutes for us and take some load off some of the other guys. And then the the game uh, at home that they had played, uh, you know, I think they had played the two of them played almost a regular shift and and saw quite a bit of ice time and, and certainly played well. And then Kel again playing the other night and. Um, given us some some much needed minutes, and I thought he played well. So I, I think we couldn't have asked for anything more from what they've brought so far. Um, you know, hopefully the injury bug goes away, and, and we don't need to call on them too much. Um, you, you know, going forward, but it, it's great to have them there in practice, and um, and and certainly you know to have them available if 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 we do need them. Davey, I'm going to bounce to Twitter if you don't mind. There's been a really good oh, question course. for you, Miss, from uh, from a friend of the show, Teal Trooper Daz, who uh, writes in regularly with some great questions. Um, your your history with the Giants, I mean, where does the time go? Uh, you, uh, you go a long way back now. I, I believe you came here. Was it under Doug Christensen in his first season? It was. It was. was your 2010. Missed the league by, what, a single point that season, then managed to win it the next year or something like that. Um, you, you took a little break somewhere in the middle there, but you've pretty much done it all until at this point and, and now behind the bench. Whenever you look back over that as a kind of body of work, both on the ice and on the bench, is there anything that you particularly would look back on with the most pride? You know, a, a game, a season, an achievement. What is it that has made all of this kind of worthwhile to you? You know, I think I look back to my second season here when we won the league, um, and that was, uh, you know, was really special because it was the first time that I had won a won a trophy here, and and you know we had a great bunch of guys, and and it was, you know, I think to think back to that weekend at home versus Sheffield when we won the league, yeah, um, and it was such a cool experience. So. You know, your first trophy somewhere is always quite – and it was my first trophy uh, since junior hockey. So uh, didn't win a lot in college and, and and hadn't won, you know, prior in pro coming in not to uh, – so that was a really special year. Um, you know, the other years that, that we won, I think, uh, was – uh, you know, were just as special the 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 year that we kind of ran away with everything. And then my last year playing there, the, the Challenge Cup – uh, trophy uh, going into you know a hostile environment in Cardiff where yeah. where nobody really gave us any kind of a chance to uh, to win besides the guys in the locker room and the you know four hundred odd Giants fans in the corner. Um, so I, you know I, I think those are certainly very special moments. Um, the moment behind the bench w- when we beat uh, Liberec there in the in the CHL was you know. I remember going home and and having a hard time sleeping that night because you know yeah. the, the heart was still pumping from uh, from that. So uh, certainly a lot of special moments. Um, you know, I could go on and on about about things and uh, but but those are some of the ones that definitely stand out. Just before we pick up another couple of questions from Twitter, Miss, um, how many times did you have to charge your phone at the weekend from Adam ringing you? <laughs> Stewie actually said maybe we should just like get them on speakerphone and just leave it running the whole time uh, <laughs> because it would, be, uh, it would be a bit easier. But 
you know, certainly, uh, certainly appreciate his, his, his insight and his chat and, and uh, keeping him from, from going stir crazy. So. Uh, there was a little bit of a follow-up to, uh, to Daz T Tripper and, uh, you know, we, we, we don't really like to talk about this, but you did, you did take a short sabbatical from being a, a Giants legend, Mace, obviously a, a stint in Norway. Um, at the time, I guess, you know, there's been a few years now and, and whatever else. Um, were you looking for a change of scenery back then? Uh, was there, what was it that sort of uh, drew you out into to try and kind of plying your trade in Europe and trying it out, out there? To be honest with you, um, I really enjoyed it here and didn't want to leave. But after the season that I had had, individually um i was kind of felt the pressure of if you don't leave now or try Mm -hmm. then you're never going to you know you're never going to 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 do something different not saying that something different is is always right and it's certainly for me it wasn't but um there was opportunity there to 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 try something else and, and and go to a different league and that was really what that was. I kind of felt the pressure that, you know, if not now, then never. Um, and as opposed to looking back and saying, uh, you, you know, you, you should have maybe taken one of those or tried that or, or tried something different. I did. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. And fortunately, you know, came back and, and here I am not sure that I thought when I came back that I would still be sitting here today, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's just how, uh, that's how it goes. I think we're pretty glad that you still are, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Like I, I don't think, I don't think, uh, anybody can can sort of look down on, on a pro athlete you know and and they're kind of prime of their career going and trying it somewhere else you know i, I think with you know the the years that have passed in the hindsight I, I totally get it but i'm I'm definitely glad that you you find your way back here to to, to win a few more trophies i appreciate that i'm glad i did as well <laughs> when, when 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 you when you think of it slightly over 10 years now with the organization boy that little break in in norway norway with just disgust and you know i like my numbers no but Whenever you first signed for Dogway back in 2010, could you have pictured yourself the all-time leading Belfast Giants defensive man and scoring, standing on the bench, coaching the team to great success over the last number of years as well? It's been a, it's almost a fairy tale. Yeah, I, I never, to be 100% honest with you, I never envisioned any of that when I first came over here. Um, for a number of years before that, I had spent one to two years in places and and kind of my mindset at the time was I'm going to play and see as many countries and different yeah. places and teams as I can while, while this, you know, while this hockey odyssey is going on. Um, and that was really my mindset coming into it. Um, and re- came over here and really enjoyed my time in Belfast. Didn't get off to the best start, broke my thumb, whatever, like five, six games in, seven games in and, um it uh you know fell in love with the city and and the people and and it obviously you know looking back on i actually said to stewie when we were going to fife uh when we were were on the bus to fife the game that mac was playing and i looked over (laughs) stewie and i said stewie it hasn't hit me yet but I said, when I just wrote Mac's name on my game card, it made me feel really old. Because when I, came <laughs> over, I said, when I came over here, yeah. Mac was younger than my son Max is now. Oh, my God. And he looked at me and he goes, well, how do you think it makes me feel? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
<laughs> true, very true. But no, it, it really, um, n- none of this was, you know, playing for as long as I did for the team and as many games and, and then ended up coaching and stuff. It was never really, it was never on the radar when I came over here. I was just, I was looking for a new experience and, and I certainly got one. And, and just before Simon closes out there, we, we often joke about not uh, Belfast's biggest asset are women. Obviously, fell in love, lovely family. We kid now in Belfast as well. It's all it's all just working out. It's all coming up roses, mate. Yeah, that's the plan. That's what we try to get guys to do now. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, go no, ahead. You ask it a different way. And no, I mean, oh, no, no, best not. Um, the uh, you, you just touched on something there, Mace, which is sort of it's it's I've wondered this for quite a while, you know, coming from from the States or, or Canada, um, and you, you sort of had the mindset of coming to Belfast, then maybe going on somewhere else, on somewhere else, seeing a lot of countries, seeing a lot of teams, playing for different, um, you know, different organizations as, as well you could play. Is that, is that is that a regular occurrence for guys? And, and, and then obviously, just as you say, you know, the amount of people that have, that have maybe thought about doing exactly the same thing when they, decide to go overseas from North America, uh, make their first stop in Belfast because at the end of the day, it's, a, it's the first ice rink closest to the North America um, in Europe, and and then all of a sudden decide to move on. Is, is that something that guys, right, this is what I'm going to do, and all of a sudden you meet somebody from Belfast, you you know, you basically end up um, getting married, you, you end up having kids, and you end up staying? You, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that is their mindset. And a lot of people do do that. And they, you know, uh, they play in as many countries and as many cities as they can and, and, and have that experience while they can, um, you know, because there's not those kind of opportunities when you're, when you're not playing, playing a sport, um, you know, or, or as, as readily available to you. I think when people come here, they realize how, great of a city it is and 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 really um you know enjoy themselves so much that a lot of people think why would i want to go anywhere else and there's been a lot of players that have come through here that i played with um and certainly uh since i've been behind the bench that that don't want to go anywhere else and want to stay here and and unfortunately for them um it ends up it ends up going a, a different way so um you know, I haven't known too many people that have really wanted to to leave this city. Um, you know, and we've had some guys go other places and other teams in the league and end up coming back. So it's a you know, I think the way the way things are run and the way the team does it and the way the city is and and everything, you know, it's an easy sell to to get guys to want to come back. Uh, Miss, I will, I will not keep you all night, I promise. Uh, but it's it's good to have you back on the show. Uh, we, I you obviously passed my bedtime for you guys. Tonight, <laughs> this is like really is appreciated. Really, I was putting Max to bed before, and I had to remind myself that I was doing this. Right, it's actually Max that uh, I want to I want to touch on. Uh, he's a uh, he's an absolute superstar. The kid's a superstar. He, he spends a lot of time up in the in the media box throughout the season, uh, and he he took about uh, I, this jogged my memory when you mentioned him, and I've just pulled it up on my Twitter. Uh, but there was a game that we had uh, iced with an empty net goal towards the end of that last season before the pandemic, and Max had this uh, like notepad and and felt tips and he was just scribbling and scribbling uh and after we had scored the empty netter i don't know if you can see this if you're watching on youtube but he ran over to me and just plopped this on top of my laptop and it was a a notepad with the words empty net (laughs) 
<laughs> as if he'd drawn it up. <laughs> so, like, it, what, what about Maxi? Is uh, is he is he a hockey kid? Is he into hockey? Does he want to follow in your footsteps, either with skates on or or with a clipboard? You know what? He really uh, he really is still into hockey. Uh, he had kids hockey last night. Plays a lot of uh, plays a lot of rollerblade hockey outside as well. Um, likes to play rollerblade goalie. And he tempted that on the ice and then gave that up pretty quickly, which I was quite happy about. Um, <laughs> but uh, he definitely uh, he, he definitely is into his hockey. He's really into – he just got NHL 22 the other day. Oh, nice. Um, so he, he's into that, and he talks to me about – you know, he's talking to me about NHL players and, and like, his salary cap on NHL 22 <laughs> and things that I'm just like um, – So he's really – better watch himself. He's, he's he's definitely he's definitely convinced that he knows more than me and sometimes i think maybe he does i don't know but um yeah no he, he's definitely into uh into hockey still and and he uh he had some friends at the uh at the game not this past week and the weekend before and and the 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 friend's mom said to me max took great pride in explaining to me all the rules and everything that was going on go. in the game so he, i mean uh, the kid's drawing up empty net goals you know what yeah. i mean that, that was that was the x's and o's did that so i know which yeah. mason i want behind the bench in future <laughs> he'd probably be better off his, his team's always win in nhl 22 he wins the cup every year so um, uh, but yeah no he, he is he is still into hockey that's for sure Let's let's bring it back to this coming weekend. Obviously, we travelled to, to Sheffield on Saturday and then a quick turnaround for the home game against Glasgow with our first game of the season. What are you expecting, especially from the trip to, to Sheffield? It's going to be a difficult game. Yeah, I mean, they're a quality side. They've got lots of firepower up and down that roster. They've had good results so far this year. Um, you know, I, I think that it's going to be a, a tough game. It's a tough building to go in and play. Uh, I'm certainly confident that we can go in um, and, and get a good result if if we if we execute uh, you know the way we know we can and, and are smart with the puck. Um, so I, I think that uh, you know it, it certainly it will be probably you know to this point maybe our toughest test um, judging by by you know their results so far and 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 looking at their lineup on paper. Um, and, and I think Glasgow coming in on Sunday will be a, a difficult challenge as well. You know, you don't, we haven't seen anything from them, so it's hard to tell, but I, I think they've built a pretty, uh, you know, rough and tough team. That's going to try to maybe push you around and come in and play quite hard. Um, and new coach, a lot of new players, um, first time out, you know, they're going to come out flying. So, um, I think it's going to be a, 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 certainly a big challenge for us on the weekend, but, um, I think we've shown that you know when we when we show up and, and put our best effort out there, uh, you know I, I think that uh, we can beat anyone. Well, I think it's uh, only right that we do our part and uh, say thank you and let you get off your bed then to start preparing. <laughs> Cheers, thank you very much. Good so to see thanks you, very, thank you. Thanks very much, Miss. No worries, Cheers, guys. Miss. See you in the morning. Yeah. And thanks again to Jeff Mason and to Belfast Jans TV for the fan agenda and to everyone for their questions. Um, let's move on. Joel. Yeah, are you going to laugh at me? Are you going to laugh at me put my glasses on again? 
I, I genuinely <laughs> can't genuinely can't see my notes, Davey. I'm getting Mace old. Is talking about, Mace is talking about getting old. We're all getting old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, we're we're obviously I think it's we're we're pretty much gonna talk about Dobbs this week, but uh just a quick run through your, your scores over the past week. Um in the EIHL in the league, uh last Wednesday, twenty seventh of October, Sheffield were beaten at home by Coventry four three. Uh, Friday's game, obviously, your Belfast Giants walked into the Motor Point Arena Nottingham and hammered them 5-0. Uh, that Saturday, Dundee put seven past Guildford in a 7-0 a, a win at home. As Sis mentioned it earlier, but some of these results are bananas. They're just, they're they're swinging violently back and forward. Um, and also then Cardiff responded to that uh, loss. Sorry, Nottingham responded to that loss with a 3-0 shutout win in Cardiff. Um Sunday, the 31st of October, Guildford topped Manchester in overtime 6-5. In the Challenge Cup, then, we're getting to the end of the Challenge Cup group rounds, mercifully. And on Wednesday, the 27th of October, uh, Cardiff beat Guildford away, uh, 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Friday, Manchester were beaten at home by Sheffield, 7-4. Saturday, in addition to your Belfast Giants, rounding out their Challenge Cup group with a 4-1 win over Fife. Sheffield beat Manchester, 5-3. And then on Sunday, uh, the game that uh, we're going to talk about, Coventry and Cardiff. Cardiff uh, ran out of the Skydome five two winners along with Fife responding with a five nil win over the Dundee Stars. So it just it just keeps pendulum back and forward with with these scores. Um, but that's the Challenge Cup groups out of the way, and uh, and we finally get into the meat of the season with the the Elite League. Um, those are your scores, David McJemsey. I think we all know what we're going to talk about uh, tonight in terms of of league news. So we just get straight into it. Yeah, go for it. Um, so. Uh, the only other thing this week, your Premier Sports Game of the Week, is this Saturday, the 6th of November at 7pm in the Drizzle Dome as the Manchester Storm take on the Guildford Flames. So uh, tune in there uh, and join Aaron Murphy, Paul Lady and Caitlin Berry for another great broadcast. Um, I don't know if uh, we obviously Paddy's uh, riding the pine this week. So do, do we have any accompanying music for this? Because we've got quite a lot of dops this week. Let's see what happens. No, there's no music. There's no music. But there is footage. If you're watching on, if you're watching on YouTube, talk us through it there, Joel, while, while it plays on YouTube. Yeah, so a lot of DOPS this week. Uh, two of the, the three things, two of the three uh, judgments from DOPS came from uh, the same game. So, uh, Justin, help me with the surname pronunciation here. Is it Harmonic? Harmonic. Harmonic has been fine. <laughs> Justin Harmonica has been fined and suspended for two games on what Dops called a late high hit on Cardiff's Josh Waller during their Challenge Cup game on Sunday. He was assessed a major and a game misconduct interference penalty at the time, which has since been elevated to uh, supplementary discipline due to, quote, the lateness of the high hit and the force of the impact on a vulnerable player. So Dops say about this one that well after the puck is gone, uh, Harmonica delivers a late, high, forceful hit on the vulnerable Waller who is ineligible to be hit on the play. Um, they say that he has no reason to be expected to be hit due to him not being in the possession of the puck and due to the length of time after the puck has passed through his vicinity, which makes him particularly vulnerable to contact. And they also note that Waller was injured on this hit. A uh, lot of chat about this on social media, uh, a lot of different views on it, and uh, a lot of people saying it was a, a good, healthy, clean hit. Uh, I don't know about you boys, what are you saying? Simon, David, um, it not like uh, it's absolutely not high for me, and it's it's very very borderline on the lateness. Like in in real, brilliant watching this in super slow motion, and it takes there's a, less than a second in super slow motion. So in real time, it's point two of a second. It's and, he, and he's hit that D man. Simon will tell you better as 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 a player. He doesn't make that that hit. The coach doesn't play him. 
You know, he's he's got no he has he has to assume that that player's making that puck, and he never once see. I don't believe he sees that puck being not handled, mishandled, whatever, because he's focused on what he's got to do and make that play. I don't think it's high. I, I think if anything, Hamlet has actually gone down slightly to make the contact legal. It's it's shoulder to chest at worst. Certainly no no primary primary contact certainly isn't the head. I don't see any contact of the head in it whatsoever. I can see the interference in to the letter of the law because he hadn't touched the puck. So I could I could have lived with a two minute interference. I don't think the call on the ice was cracked, and I don't think Dobbs doubling down is cracked either. But there you go. Simon, do you have any hot takes? Yeah, I do actually. So up until now, the only way I've been able to watch this uh, is on my phone. So you don't really see it. Um, you know, it's a mobile phone. It's an iPhone a 10, whatever it is, or X. Um, and I, up until you've basically put that footage on there, well, Patrick's put it on, I thought it was a clean hit. I thought it was, uh, it was well-timed. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. But watching this and the way the guys have put this together in Super Somo, Hamannick does not take his eyes off the, the player. He, he, you can see it the whole way through there. It's it's definitely not a hit to the head. If to me, it's just shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to chest, as Davey said. But it's late. He doesn't have the puck. He doesn't control the puck properly. Maybe it's Waller. You know, as he just looks up there, he's got his yeah. head up. You know, he's got his head up looking for the play inside, but and he doesn't control the puck. So for me, to be honest, I think it's an interference penalty, and that's only that that has just changed my mind from watching this on a bigger screen on my laptop in front of me. However, it's the after effect of it. It's the what happens in the corner, and when you listen to Stu and Ed on the commentary, you don't get it there. But when you listen to Stu and Ed on the commentary, they say about Davies and Dugan jumping in on him, jumping in on Hamannik. Now Hamannik's a big boy. And to me, he looks like he just, you know, he connects with both of them after they jump him. You, you don't see it here at all because it doesn't, it just, just doesn't develop onto it or, or it goes on to the play itself. Um, but I couldn't believe, I, I, firstly, I've never, I can't ever remember a five-minute interference penalty. I can't remember that. It must be in the rules. I'm not saying it's not. But I can't remember anybody ever getting a five-minute interference penalty. And the second part of it, Dugan nor Davies got a penalty for going into the corner after him. Nothing at all. Mickelson comes from the blue line, and he gets a 2 plus 10 for the same play. How many gets five? So ultimately, it's a three-minute power play for the Cardiff Devils, who I think we're already three or four nil up at that stage. So even listening to the commentary, June and Ed again basically say, you know, he's trying to switch the game. He's trying to give a bit of momentum to the, the commentary blaze. And when you watch that for the first time on a mobile phone, it's a looks like a brilliant hit, but it's late. And he deserved it. For me, he deserved a two-minute interference call, and that's it. He certainly did not deserve to get a suspension, in my opinion. But when you, as I say, I'm just watching here, and I know you, you need to go and watch this on YouTube if you get the opportunity. The defenseman does not when I if I'm playing the day on day, and I'm watching my man coming in, I see him coming across. I the puck's gone. I couldn't care less about the puck. I'm watching his chest, right in the middle of his chest, because wherever that goes, he's going. He might drop the head either way, but wherever the chest goes, he's going. And he went right, he skidded right into the middle of, of Hamannick's shoulder. 
For me, it's a two-minute penalty and nothing else. But I can sort of see where dops have come from for it. Uh, interesting to see the the two different sort of uh, opinions haven't seen it on on a big screen and, and definitely if you get a chance uh, fire up AVFTB's YouTube that's a, a great slow-mo and, and definitely the best view of it that I've seen um, I could listen to Simon Kitchen analyze uh, plays all day to be honest but uh, Davey we'll, we'll move on to the other two DOPS decisions this week if you're happy enough um, in that same game uh, Cardiff's Mark Lewis was assessed a major and game misconduct boarding penalty and has since been fined and everybody's getting fined these days and suspended for one game following a hit on Blaze forward Matthew Thompson, which sent Thompson into the boards and took him out of the game. Now, Dopps says that uh, Lewis attempts to close down Thompson in the devil's zone. However, before he can do so, he passes the puck towards the goal for his teammate. And that while Thompson is initially eligible to be legally hit due to having just released the puck, this check is not legal due to the way Lewis delivers an avoidable hit on Thompson, who is thrown violently into the boards on the play. Uh, So... Is this one a little bit more cut and dry, Mr. Majimsey? Um, I think Lewis goes a little bit to inflict a little bit of punishment here on the player. I think he's a bit unfortunate that he kind of loses his feet and goes on the board. But, um, you know, that's a that's an open and shut boarding. So of the two, of the two top suspensions, I actually think that's a slightly worse play, slightly more dangerous play. Um, because the, this, the, the, the timing of the first one, it's milliseconds. That one, the puck's gone. Mark Lewis, I think he's trying to take him for a ride into the boards there, but just unfortunately, just there, he kind of just loses his foot a wee bit and gets drilled into the boards. But for me, even at full speed, that's kind of reckless. I think there's a bit of, bit of carryover from earlier in the game where we all use one here, boys. Mm. And I think Lewis has done well there. Just the, especially if, if they're going to levy things like, um, you know, injury on the play for the first one, injury on play for the second one, late hit for the first one, late hit for the second one. It's interesting that one got a one game and one got a two game. It's, I'm not sure, in my opinion, that Dops has particularly got either of them correct. Uh, and as you say there, uh, obviously uh, Thompson was injured on that as well as uh, Waller. I don't care if it's uh, opposition or, or whatever. Um, you, you don't like to see guys getting hurt uh, playing the game. So so hopefully those guys are, are okay and, and uh, nothing too long lasting. Simon, would you have anything to add or disagree with that? Um, that's, I haven't seen this before. That's only seen or watching it tonight. I actually think that's later mm-hmm. on the, the puck being gone than what it was earlier in the game. Again, you know... What's later? You know, yeah, you want to stick up for your teammates, absolutely. Um, I've just literally looked at the game sheet there. You got five plus match um, for the for the the penalty itself. So the refs are, you know, the the I think they made the right call on that one. What did he get for a suspension? Was it two games? He got one game. No, oh, which will be just a match penalty. Gets his suspension for a game, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a naughty play. I mean, you you look at it from the perspective of Lewis is a big boy, Thompson. You know, he doesn't look, he certainly doesn't look as big as him. And and we talk about it an awful lot, Davey. He doesn't protect himself. You know what I mean? Thompson, what else he can do there, Simon? He's, he's not been, he's not, he can't expect to be hit there. No, but if, when you look at it, watch, watch him making the play. Watch, he passes the puck and he's admiring the pass. He's not thinking about, he thinks Lewis is going to skate away from him. Do you know what I mean? He needs to be. I mean, one, he could put the brakes on, um, and it's shoulder on shoulder. Uh, we do, a, we do talk about players' responsibility now in the modern game is on the person hitting and the person accepting the hit. 
And I, I agree to an extent there that he has to be a little more careful in what he's doing there, but I still think that's a naughty hit. It's a naughty hit, but again, you know, it's it's certainly late. It's I mean, he, the way he, I mean, he, he hits the boards airborne, you know, that's going to hurt. Well, he's coming out from, you know, two feet or five feet from the wall. Lewis just uses his body very, very well. You can see him moving his feet across. He's watching the chest. He's not watching the puck. You know, he takes his man out. I think Thompson probably could have did a little bit better to, to protect himself in that play. A five-plus game, I think is pro- I think that's the right call from the referees on Dobbs. I, I think that um, in both both instances that we've watched there, you're looking at somebody six foot two, six foot three, six foot four, two twenty against somebody one sixty-five, one seventy. Both both instances are a big guy against a small guy, you know, and that's all, always going to be a factor. But like just there, where he loses the the momentum of the bigger guy hitting the smaller guy, takes him up in the air, makes it look a bit worse. But at full speed, that is a that's a naughty hit, Sam. Look at look at it this way. Do you think he's going to do it again? Do you think Thompson's going Wait, to come down and Mark Lewis again? For what reason? Because he's going to try and hurt me? No, 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 no. But he's going to protect himself the next time. Maybe, yep. Well, of course, in, in, both, in both situations, is the other is is um, the Cardiff player. I can't remember. Was it Waller in the first one? Waller, Josh Waller. Yeah. You know, would he do anything different there? Would he again, keep his head up? Would he try and spin out? Would he? When I was watching that on the on the on my phone, when I was that I had that's the only time I've watched it on my phone up until today. When I was watching it on the phone itself, to me, I thought the kid had his head down. But when you watch it on a bigger screen, he, he he just doesn't control the puck. He has his, he has a little glance up, and the connection comes in. That's a lot quicker than what that one happens from Lewis. But again, you know, this is where the experience comes in. Josh Waller's a young lad. He's very quick skates. He's very quick on his feet as well. He will know that it's a it's a it's not a, a good learning curve because from the sounds of it, the kids hurt. Um, but you know, you never want to see anybody leaving the ice with a, with assistance. You want to see everybody getting up and, and continuing on with the game. But um, I, I think that Waller will be keeping his head up that little bit more going into a battle or come over that blue line once again. Um. Obviously, we'd like to hear the opinions of any of the listeners as well. Please feel free to tweet us at AVFTB or find us on Facebook and, and let us know what you think there. Uh, I feel like uh, Stephen Nolan here in the middle of uh, Damien says, and I could listen to it for ages again, but uh, we'll, we'll press on, boys. There's been uh, one other Dops uh, judgment this week, and there's no video footage of this incident, but uh, Sheffield Steelers' Justin Hodgman and Manchester Storm's Jared Van Wormer have both been fined for an incident at the benches at 51-17 in their Challenge Cup game on Saturday. Uh, Hodgman for his actions from the bench and Van Wormer for failing to proceed to the penalty box as directed. Uh, I'd love to know how much these fines are. Absolutely fantastic. Just everybody's getting fined these days. Uh, but, Davey, that is, uh, it's, it's tops heavy this week, but that is your, your league news. Thank you very much. And that lets us move on now to what is going to be a very exciting weekend ahead. Obviously, away to the Sheffield Steelers on Saturday night, 7 p.m. at the Utility Arena in Sheffield. That game can be viewed on Sheffield Steelers TV. And then back to Belfast for a Sunday afternoon matinee performance against the Glasgow clan in their first outing of the season. And Patrick Smith managed to catch up with new, our new clan head coach, Malcolm Cameron, earlier. 
How are you doing, Coach? Welcome to the league. Um, I'm coming from more or less the Belfast perspective overall, but the, I'd just like to first ask you, know, how, how big do you see this challenge coming in as a first time in the elite league and, the, and with the roster you've got coming in so late? It seems to be quite a big challenge. Ah, challenge is everything's a challenge. You know, anytime you you lace the skates up and you go play somebody, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, I've coached in a lot of different places and a lot of different leagues. You know, I think uh, I've coached close to with 900 games or something in the ECHL and 300 in the Western Hockey League and now in several countries in Europe, University Hockey in Canada. Everything's a challenge. You know, when you walk into a new team, we're rebuilding. Uh, we only brought a couple players back from the previous season. And, uh, you know, we, we had a late start with our recruiting, but I was pleased. I got a lot of guys that I wanted to get. Um, would we like to have started at the same time as everybody else? Well, of course. But you know what? It, sometimes adversity, uh, you know, makes you stronger as a group. And we face some adversity, but all the guys are here are healthy, happy, and ready to go. Coming in as a first-time coach in the Elite League, you know, how, how important is it for you to lean on players like Matuwa, Jamie Kirksky, guys who have experience within this league? Well, I, I know quite a bit about this league because you're, the coaches in the league have been calling me for the last 15 years about players in North America. So, you know, it, it's a lot of the ECHL players and guys that I knew from the American Hockey League have come over here over the years. So I'm pretty familiar with, with the league. Um, you know, certainly not the buildings, but you know, because I haven't been in any of them except for uh, Brayhead. But um, yeah, I mean, anytime you jump to a new league, it's, uh, you know, there's that initial uh, get to know and feeling out process. But, you know, I've been just my 24th year coach and I'm I'm pretty calm guy. I don't, I don't get rattled too easy. <laughs> that, that's good to hear. Um, when it comes to this league, of course, you know, there's, there are limits on imports and bringing in the British players. And you've got a lot of young Scots lads, so Stanton, Ferguson, Boyd. You know, how, how are you seeing these guys? Are these guys fitting in well? Do you see they, these guys coming through and getting a lot of ice time with your team? It's hard to say. it. I mean, training camp is one thing. Uh, game action is another thing. But uh, they certainly haven't, uh, you know, disappointed me in, in terms of their effort. And, and uh, the, the thing, I, I guess, the biggest thing for me is, uh, their, their growth curve and how quickly they've learned, you know, things that they haven't seen before or done before on the ice, uh, preparation work and things like that. They've adapted really, really well. And I'd much take a, a younger raw player than somebody who's old and on his way out, um, you know, because they're, they're a lot more motivated and, you know, they're working hard, they're in the gym. Uh, so I'm really pleased with our young local guys uh, and excited. You made an interesting point there about, how you know you spent a lot of time in the coast and, and, and you know WHL and coming in here what sort of parity do you see between those two leagues do you feel you're coming into a league that you know isn't too far away from what you've coached in before uh, it's probably more similar to the ECHL just because uh, you know a lot of the guys in this league have ECHL experience so um, you know and, and obviously your coach has, has got ECHL experience as a player so um, you know, similar, it's a lot more physical than some of the other countries that, you know, I've seen, I've been in Italy, I've been in the Earth League, which is Hungary and Romania, I've been to, you know, I've played against teams uh, in Austria and Germany as well. Um, this is a little bit more North American style hockey, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot more physical, you know, there's some fisticuffs and things like that, that maybe you don't see in the other countries. Um, and therefore, there's, there's players on your roster here that can fill that role. 
uh, when you need to, or in other places you don't have guys that fill those roles. So I, I, I see it being very similar to the ECHL. Uh, there's a, there's a, quite a few more older players in this league, uh, whereas the ECHL is more of an NHL prospect league now. The NHL has really dumped a lot of money into developing players at the ECHL level, whereas it used to be just the AHL level. Um, so the speed, you know, the ECHL is, is very fast and similar to the AHL. This is probably more ECHL seven, eight years ago in terms of older players. Um, you know, older players are smarter, so they don't have to skate around 100 mile an hour because <laughs> they know where to be and, and they anticipate the play a little bit better. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Does there need to be a balance there between the older players and trying to develop in that youth? That, that youth, because obviously here we've had quite a bit of, I don't want to say uproar, but you know about that there there's a perception there's a perception that there's too many imports and, and that, that we're bringing in too many Canadians. But that experience is tantamount to how you bring these young players through at a British level. Well, you know what, I, I tried to go out and get guys that had significant pro experience that were under thirty. And uh, because older players break down, number one, you know, it's, it's a tough season, especially for us having to play as many games as everybody else in a shorter period of time. So I wanted to make sure I could have players that were durable enough to withstand, uh, you know, the schedule. Um, also guys that, you know, weren't, you know, you get to a certain age and you're just more worried about yourself. You get a little grumpy and you're not maybe as good as, uh, in the locker room with the younger guys as you were five, six years before that. So I went out and got guys that are, you know, really good in the locker room, good with the young players, willing to step up and, you know, guide them and advise them and, and lean on, you know, have them uh, lean on them in terms of uh, development and things like that. So uh, if you look at our team as a whole, we, we've got, you know, a lot of the 25 to 30 year old guys uh, on our roster. One of the guys, one of the guys right in that bracket with the CHL and the AHL experiences, your starting goalkeeper in Shane Stark. You know, what what are you expecting from him this season? Do you think you've you brought a star in there? Yeah, I had Shane as a rookie when he was an Edmonton Oiler contract, and uh, he was fantastic for us. Uh, it just got better as the season went on, and uh, he had a heck of a playoff for us. And then the following year, he becomes an AHL first team all star. It's unfortunate uh, in the third year. Uh, with the Oilers, he got hurt and missed significant time because he was projected to be playing in the National Hockey League this year uh, after his AHL, you know, all-star season. So uh, his misfortune is our fortune, and uh, we're very happy to have him. You know, Shane's a big guy. Uh, he's a six foot five off skates, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight on skates, and he fills a lot of the net, and he's very athletic, and he's a very hard worker. Coming into this weekend, obviously not the sort of pre-season, the build-up that you had wanted and having to cancel all those games to, to start against the Belfast Giants who this past weekend had a had a great weekend against uh, Fife and the Nottingham Panthers. Of what you've seen of Belfast and what you've seen of your own team, what, what do you see happening in this game? How do you see the, your approach to this game being? Well, you know, for, for me being a first game, I'm more worried about us than I am anybody else. You know, you, if, if you're confident in your team, then you know it's going to go out and execute the game plan. And uh, if you can execute your game plan, it gives you a good chance to win. So for me, I'm more worried about us than I am our opponent right now. And that's not a disrespect to anybody or anything like that. I and mean, any coach that's been around knows that you got to worry about your own group at the beginning of the year before you taper things to your opponent. The advantage we have is that nobody has seen us. 
nobody's seen any video on us. Nobody knows what to expect, you know, coming in. They may think they know our personnel, but they don't know, you know, what our combinations are, what our power play looks like. Now we're going to kill penalties. So, you know, teams, uh, well, we have the advantage a little bit that I'm going to be able to pre-scout the Belfast Giants, but the Belfast Giants and our opponents aren't going to be able to really pre-scout us because they haven't seen us yet. So that's an advantage for us. Listen, Coach, uh, good luck this season, not so much this weekend, and uh, thanks for your time. <laughs> Anytime. And thank you to Malcolm Cameron and to a very dapper Patrick Smith. Harry. All business up top, all jammies <laughs> down below, but um, <laughs> I believe was the order of the day. But um, some re- some interesting comments there from the new belt or from the new Glasgow clan coach. Obviously, he thinks that um, coming in with nobody having seen his roster is going to be a bit of an advantage, guys. So, what are you expecting from Saturday, Sunday, Sheffield and Glasgow? Says. I hate this part of the show, Debbie. I sound like Debbie McJimsey here. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it's look, it's another new opponent. Um, the guys will have done their homework on um, on, on Sheffield for sure. Um, again, we you know I know Glasgow play tomorrow night. I think it is against Dumfries. Um, or sorry, Solway. My apologies. Oh, yeah. um, in Dumfries, and then uh, they play somebody a night before us. I can't remember who it is though. Um, but. Look again if they're if they're playing tomorrow night and there's video available, um, and if whoever they're playing on Saturday night, I can guarantee you that um, Adam and Mace and Stewie will be doing their homework on Saturday night, even if that means that they have to stay up all Saturday night to get Sunday um, and put the guys in the best possible order for Sunday. So first food forward Saturday night's the game. Sheffield Steelers and Sheffield. It's going to be a tough, tough game. They've started the season well. They've got some good players of a lot of experience. Um, they're you know a lot of people are saying they're the team to beat. We're the team to beat. Um, so you know we we've basically got a really good squad this year. Yeah, you've had a couple of hiccups along the way, but um, I, I totally agree with what Mia said earlier. If we prepare the right way, and we 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 basically do what the system is put in place for, and then the guys basically, you know, they they come along and, and get ready to play, then we will give Sheffield a game on Saturday for sure. Joel. Guys my age and, and maybe older, maybe slightly younger, have our NFNF, our 22nd of October 2002 moment. But it seems the younger generation, your top cap tip crowd that you hang about with are all into this FTC. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, there, there's been uh, there's been some spicy back and forth between the, the two fan bases uh, over the past few years. It's good for the game. I, I like a, a bit of spice to be added to the game. You know, but what, the, the three of us, I know Patrick as well, you know, we all grew up uh, as kids. Obviously, you guys are hockey fans, but you've grown up around kind of football grounds around Northern Ireland and all that kind of stuff. And, and you like a bit of an edge to your game. You like a bit of an atmosphere. And, and when games can have a wee bit of a wee bit of spice to them, it makes it more interesting. So I'm all for it. I mean, I, I, I to be honest, I, I'm, I've said it before. I'm actually a big fan of, of the, the folks behind the scenes at the clans that, at the clan. I think Garth Chalmers and, and Jerry McLaughlin are, are top, top guys. Um, and I hope things come together for them and, and that, that things kind of chill out and stabilize. Um, but this weekend is really just two extremes, isn't it? You've got really going in against the, looking at the league table anyway, the form team so far, you know, Sheffield have 10 points out of a possible, what, 14 so far, seven games played. Um, and, and not to take your job Davey I'd, I'd never even think about it but uh, they have the most goals scored uh, at 27 and the third most against at 21 so they're a high scoring team but they're also 
leak in a minute, the back a wee bit. Uh, so interested to see. Uh, I don't think you you discredit or you disrespect any opponent in this league, regardless if they've just coming in, coming in off a, a preseason, whatever else. So um, I would expect, and I would uh, I would I know for a fact that the Giants will treat both of these games exactly the same. Go out, put in a professional performance, and bat their all around them. Well, if you can get yourself down to the SSE Arena on Sunday, four o'clock. Face off, but if you can't, that's always available with our good friends at Belfast Giant TV. And I've heard a rumor that there's a very special guest sitting beside you in the hot seat on Sunday afternoon, says. You know more than me, mate. All right, okay. Well, I'll leave that as a secret then. Um, any other business, gents? I want to know who it is. Well, that's just, you'll have is, to it, is it you, Davey? No, it's is not it? me. You'll have to tune in on Sunday. You'll have to tune in on Sunday. I just no, had, had, a, had a wee WhatsApp bar. Could you send me some stats? So it's something important. Like, oh, all right, okay. That's all right. She's going down that line, is she? Um, that's fine. No problem at all. We'll wait and see what happens. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it, it'll be good to have her along and, and uh, joining me in the game. So Ooh. we'll have to see what happens. Red I know you, there. you know who it is, Davey. So it's your, don't worry. I know who it is. I'm just calling a big guard. <laughs> 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 um, yes, I've got a bit of uh, any other business. I still have. This shirt sitting on my kitchen table, and I haven't been contacted to find out who you're going to. Do you remember, Joel? Was it George or somebody? Or, oh, it was Joel somebody. Joel, it was Joel somebody, but I don't know when I had that soul in home. Oh, Joel Keatley or something, wasn't it? Thanks for letting me know. I don't know if we should be discussing that here or we should be discussing that afterwards, but whoever it is, get in contact with Davey on AVFTV, and we will try and get that shirt to you on Sunday. Because it's sitting gathering dust on my kitchen table at the minute. Joel? Uh, yep, the only other thing, uh, Simon, you'll maybe know a little bit more about this, but obviously the Belfast Giants OSC, who do fantastic work, the official supporters club, have uh, announced their Giants quiz night. And I believe you're probably the, the man with the mic, the, the hostess with the mostest, says on that night, Friday 12th of November at half past six. Um, and I think it's uh, happening in the, the new W5 Lecture Theatre. Yeah, W5 Lecture Theatre, no show without punch. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm in the middle of uh, writing the questions now, and um, I'm sure Davey will give me a hand to write around as well at some point. But it's more of a, it, it's, it's going to be a wee bit of a twist. We did one a couple of years ago for um, Stephen Murphy's testimonial. Uh, so this one, there's going to be three teams um, made up from the boys. Uh, they're all going to be there. It'll be the first night that the it's going to be a members only night for the osc so if you're not a member you might be able to get in before the tickets go on sale on sunday from the osc desk um it'll sell out there's absolutely no doubt about it the numbers are limited and uh we we will do our best to make sure everybody has a good night so the boys are all up for it they're starting to get a wee bit they're asking questions hey what are you going to ask questions on (laughs) or is it is it general knowledge is it just sport um, and I'm not giving, you know, I've told them it's general knowledge um, with a bit of sport and a bit of hockey in it. So, um, but there's a little bit of a twist. There's, we're trying to put in a few other wee bits and pieces. Um, we, we had a bit of a conversation last night with uh, Johnny and Christine. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to do something a wee bit different and bring something uh, to the table. It's, it's been a difficult year. Normally we'd have at least one or two events already organized uh, for the OSC. But unfortunately, due to, the current situation um that's we're, we're not being able to do that so this is the first of our events for this year um it's going to be i say friday the 12th uh 6 30 at the at w5 Dexter theater so thank you very much to the guys at w5 uh for staying behind that little bit longer to 
to let us uh, get the quiz organised. And just another point, if you, I know Joel's already been in the W5. See if you haven't been and you have you get the opportunity, maybe nothing to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend, or even before you come to the game on Sunday, get yourself booked into W5. It's absolutely awesome. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, uh, I went and uh, stole my seven-year-old nephew out of school to have an excuse to go and see it, but uh, they have really, really leveled up all the way across W5. The, the actual attractions, the, the exhibits are just phenomenal. The place looks top, top-notch, um, and it will be a jewel in the crown of that of that new pavilion. Um, yes, the OSC have announced their team captains, says uh, David Goodwin, Mark Garside, and Kevin Rain will be captaining their teams. Um, and they, they say that you should come with your thinking caps on because, as you say, it's a, a quiz with a twist. So get yourself a membership of the OSC and get yourself a ticket to that because it will sell out. And that uh, says has absolutely no chill as a quiz master. Uh, you, you might as well. you br- Bring your encyclopedia with you. Forget about it. Like, um, well, but that's I, why anybody, I, find, anybody find using their phone will be disqualified. I'll <laughs> throw one in here. I'll throw a stat in for the boys to see if anybody actually does listen from the from the locker room, the goal JJ Pickenich scored after 12 seconds against the Northern Panthers last week was actually the fifth fastest goal in Belfast. Yeah, says he don't. You think it's Stevie Thompson doesn't have these stats at his fingertips? He's writing it down right now. Through a message out to the boy, but the fastest ever Belfast Giants goals. There's two that were equal. Do you want me to save it for another time, says, or do you want to know? You know what? The thing about it is, the ones who are going to—it's the players that are answering the majority of the questions. So there is, as I say, there is a bit of a twist in it. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but if you want to give the answer, that's fine because I know there is some of the players that listen, uh, especially when they're on because they're a bit being that way. Um, <laughs> I know they listen if they're on, um, and, and one of the people that was doing an interview earlier on. Was uh, was asking questions today, so you know, <laughs> Gary, Gary was asking a few questions. Hoogie was asking a few questions. Goody was saying we're gonna, we're shorting the teams out this week. Um, so I think they're trying to strategically pick the smart ones um, <laughs> and trying to you know coax them into their team. So it'd be interesting to see who comes up with the points, and we'll, we'll put a wee trophy together for it as well. And the, believe you me, the boys will be bragging about this. Like, you know, bragging rights in the dressing room the next day at practice is, is something that they'll be looking forward to. Well, there was there was two goals scored after nine seconds. We'll tell you next, after the quiz, we'll tell oh. you what the answer to those two are. Paddy can remind me in a couple of weeks. What a and, um, I'll tell Simon and he can ask the question at the quiz night. But if that's all you guys have. Yeah, it's all for me. Yes, sir. We've, we've managed to scrabble through this car car crash of a of an AVFDB. <laughs> like, uh, me and says I've joked about it for years. Me and Coach did when we did these before. Aaron, etc. Patty is absolutely. This is. I've made it look difficult. Patty makes it look easy. Hosting, sitting, talking about hockey is easy. Getting asking questions and answering them is easy. Sitting doing this, I've obviously proved pretty difficult. So come back, Patty. Hope you get well soon. I, I know. You, I know you posted earlier on about a photograph, but that's not where you're sitting. I think you're actually sitting in your bathroom. And I swear, <laughs> this, this is, I'm, I'm you're sitting on your B-Day, are you? Sitting on my ironing board, mate. <laughs> it's all here. On the ironing board. All pro. All reading. pro. Um, so, uh, YouTube exclusive there. Yeah, that's what the bed, that's what the brigadier reads in bed. Um, Super job, Debbie, mate. You nailed it. So um, massive thank you to interim head coach. Jeff Mason, JJ Pickenich, Slater Doggett, Lewis Hook, 
Happy birthday, Andrew Dixon, to Premier Sports, Aaron Murphy, Paul Lady, Caitlin Barry for the footage, Jans TV for the stuff from Sunday, and to Simon. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, David. Mr. Neil, you're up, you're up there. Mr. Neil. Thank you very much, boys. And uh, to you, to everybody out there in listener land, um, thanks for listening. Get in touch at AVFTB on the Twitter, at Facebook. Get in touch. Let us know what you thought of the show. And uh, let's hope you enjoy your hockey, and we'll catch you next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.